Cool. Yay. Okay. Happening. All right. So welcome, everybody. This is episode number four of What's My Major podcast. My name is Rachel Clemson, and I am your hostess. And today's episode is on geography. So I have two really, really cool individuals here sitting in front of me. Um, I have Mr. Christopher, or Dr. Christopher Mendel. Mindel. Dang it. I'm already taking a class with you, and I still can't get this. Okay, terrible names. But um, yep, Christopher Mindel, who uh, is a professor here at USF. He teaches geography, and he makes everything super interesting, even when the material may not be uh, may not be a little a little boring. But that's okay. How um, kind of you to say so long <laughs> after the class. Hey, I think I put it in the in the review, so you know I think. Um, but yeah, and then also we have Bill O'Connor, who's a student here at USF studying gra- uh, geography. I almost said graphic design. Wow. Uh, anyway, so um, they're here today, and they've been uh, gracious enough to uh, just kind of share their experience with geography and what they love about it and what they think is super cool. And yeah, so if you guys will launch into your origin stories, um, then we will start with Dr. Christopher. What is, uh, how did you get into geography? You know, I've always been interested in maps and just figuring out where things are. And oddly enough, in spite of the fact that I did not major in geography as an undergraduate, I was an interdisciplinary social science person, and I was originally drawn to history, but maps were always something that fascinated me. And even after getting a master's degree in history, I ultimately thought, well, let me, let me see what it's like to get a degree in geography. I ended up with a master's in geography, a PhD in geography, and uh, have been a geography professor ever since. Nice. Very cool. And then you, Bill? So mine's a little unique uh, in the fact that um, prior service military, I served in the Army Corps. And uh, when I got out, I did private security. Um, long story short, private security didn't work out. Uh, the owner ended up getting rid of the private security. So I started doing computer contracting. And uh, I worked for Cox Target Media, which is Valpac. Oh, okay. For those of you that don't know who it is, uh, they're coupon distributors. And they had a GIS department. Didn't know what it was, so I had to ask. And, um, since then, I've actually been doing computers for 15 years now, almost 20. Wow. Um, and I saw the GIS thing, and I really liked it. But uh, I ended up going on to telecommunications, being a telecommunications engineer working for Lighthouse Networks, um, at which includes a part of that 15 years. And uh, Lighthouse Networks, as you all may or may not know, is Spectrum now, and they started lighting people up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I decided to get a different major and go into something else, and I started doing uh, environmental sciences and figured out that that really wasn't for me. I still wanted to do a minor in GIS, and I talked to Dr. Mindel, and he kind of persuaded me over to the dark side, if you will, <laughs> to go into uh, to geography. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, an element of geography is environmental geography. There are uh, many geographers who put environment at the top of their agendas, so... It certainly is, uh, 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 we'll say, a lateral move, if not a step up, for you to have shifted to the geography major, even though you still are interested in environmental issues. Oh, absolutely. And I, I do have an emphasis in the, uh, the environmental sciences still. So. That's great. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So I, like, I keep finding this common theme throughout is that nobody who really starts off like, you know, who are in their major never really arrive there by just being like, I want to be like a geographer. I want to do this or that. So it's cool to see like other, well, of course, the exception of Dr. Albert Boat, who knew he wanted to be a historian since he was 10, but his parents were all historians. That's a whole other like conversation to dive into. But um, 
like, I think it's definitely a relatable topic of just, you know, how people fall in love with different things and at different times of their life. So, like, what exactly do you guys find the most fascinating about geography other than, you know, like, I know you mentioned maps and how they were just super duper cool, but, like, what's your favorite part of geography? Oh, wow. I like the earth science aspect of it. Um, I was actually having a conversation with Dr. Marmel the other day, and um, it reminds me of a movie, uh, uh, Evolution. I don't know if you all have ever seen it or not, but um, it was a comedy movie. David Duchovny had one of the joints. And um, it, it, it's basically a New York came down to earth, and um, Orlando uh, was a USGS guy. And uh, uh, just the different aspects of um, the, the, the thought of working with the USGS or something having, having something in common with them uh, is, is a uh, really intriguing thing for me. Um, I mean, one thing to do with the movie was the USGS portion that I really liked. Uh, the different aspects of being able to go out and find new things. Um, history. It's, it's the history that I guess is really the best way to, to really boil it all down. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's always changing. Very and true. You yep. Can always find things that used to be and things the way they're going to be. Mm -hmm. I will say that one of the things that attracts me to geography uh, is the fact that it embraces so many other disciplines. Um, uh, virtually all geographic issues and problems have a spatial perspective, and so yes, uh, I, you know uh, that can be captured in maps, but um, I found that being a geographer does not mean I have to give up my love of history. It doesn't mean that I ignore economics or the environment about which I am passionate. Indeed, environmental issues have a historical dimension, an economic dimension, a social dimension, uh, as well as a geographic dimension, and geographers are at least as well suited as people in any other discipline at bringing together perspectives from many different academic disciplines. So yeah, geography has actually been around for quite some time, actually in a prestigious um, endeavor where uh, in Britain you have um, the, the Royal uh, Geographers Association um, and they actually helped find uh, some of the, the, the valuable tools that we use today in geography. City of uh, Z, the newest movie that just came out, was about one such geographer. He was a military man, uh, did uh, mapping and surveying, and he helped survey the, the Amazon. Um, and it, it kind of pushed in motion a lot of different things that are going on today, uh, as for some of our Mayan findings and the Incan findings and stuff like that. So geography is huge, and I have to agree with Dr. Martin on that. Yeah. So, oh, oh go ahead. It is, an, it is, I think, important to point out that geography uh, as an academic discipline has much more respect in places like England and in much of Europe, where majoring in geography is very much like what we would say majoring in science or engineering is here today uh, in the United States. Geography is a vastly uh, more respected uh, discipline in Europe and particularly in England than it is here. We're trying to change that, but... Well, it'll just take a little more time. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, what kind of jobs have you seen that, like, students have gotten? Or, like, what kind of jobs do you hope to get, like, when you graduate? You know, like, what, what are the options out there? Because I know a lot of people think, like, oh, I'm going to be a geographer. I'm going to go do research out, like, you know, in, like, ocean territory or even just, like, go, you know, to the Amazon and discover, like, Mayan ruins and stuff like that. So, Jobs in geography are almost unlimited. Uh, because geography is nothing more than a perspective. It's a way of looking at the world. We teach students to read and write and to understand the spatial perspective and differences in different places. I can tell you that lots of people work for government agencies. Uh, lots of other people. I remember in graduate school many years ago, uh, a colleague of mine was working for, and I forget the name of the company. I don't know if it was a pizza place or whatever. But his job was to sift through census data and to figure out where the best place to locate the next whatever business this particular this was. Uh, so there are lots of uh, uh, private jobs in uh, uh, that are uh, held by ge- people with geography background because they have the skills to uh, examine data uh, and make maps of places that portray that data suggests answers to a variety of problems, whether it's those associated with businesses, environment, or otherwise. So there's a lot of different things. Um, Geography can involve construction, um, which is one aspect that I actually did um, directly after the military, before I joined Texas Blue Jacket. I mentioned earlier, um, I did that for about a year or two, and the, the whole geography of it is, is that they were surveying things and I got into drilling so the surveyors would go out and say okay we want to build something here and I need you guys to go out and drill so we would take our truck out and we would drill down and the purpose of the drilling was to find out what the soil content was below us to find out if it was a uh, solid uh, stable area in which you could build uh, a bridge or a building or something a parking garage whatever and uh, so it's it's really used for a lot of things um, I was just on the, uh, the board yesterday looking at Glassdoor and a job for um, a GIS major, uh, GIS analyst in Iraq was on there. So that'd be one thing that you could take up for something like that. Military, um, they're wanting to somebody to map out the, the region of Iraq for whatever militaristic purposes. Oh, wow. So there's, there's a lot of applications for GIS or even geospatial engineering. As it says, it goes hand in hand, but it's an interdisciplinary uh, science. Mm-hmm. It goes with everything. And for the, the listeners who don't know, Glassdoor is actually a website that lists a bunch of really cool jobs that are uh, openly available. It's also a really good website to go to if you want to like see what the community and the culture is like. I think they rank kind of different. Every year they have a rank yeah. the top like companies to go work for based on like culture and how happy everybody is. And uh, it's a really cool resource, so check it out if you're ever looking for a job or you just want to check out what it's like to work at Google, you know? Um, so I guess, like, another question that a lot of people wonder about, or at least I know that some parents might be a little concerned, is, you know, like, what what does it take for a student to be successful in geography? Like, what, what are the certain mindsets or what are the certain tools that they should come in with or, like, what could they expect? You know, is it a lot of math? Obviously, it's a lot of science that, you know, you should be super passionate about. Um, I know, like, with history, it's a lot of reading, so kind of like what are, I guess, your biggest like tips for students coming in, like if they want to do geography? Uh, I would say a little bit of busy work. Um, you really got to know things. Uh, I, 
it's not really super math involved. Uh, everybody that comes into college has to have some form of a academic mathematics training up to a certain extent, but you don't have to have like calculus, calculus two, or analytical geometry, or anything like that. Um, there is a science involved in it. Uh, you just have to have a passion for the world, I think is the best way to say it. What, what do you think? There are people who specialize within geography, and maybe they are more technically capable, or maybe they are more numbers-oriented, uh, or maybe they are more qualitative in terms of conducting interviews with people and extracting information about the world in that fashion. My first thought is that the best and most capable geography majors are those who are at least reasonably comfortable in a variety of elements and who are oriented towards solving problems, who have an innate curiosity about the world and want to know how things work and don't mind doing some additional exploring. So okay, it certainly does call for some additional reading, but not just reading, maybe at least a little bit of math to be able to uh, uh, assemble data sets and to work with them, and maybe some uh, some modest technical sense. Um, all of those, by the way, are skills that we can refine uh, within geography students. Do you guys find that like extroverts or introverts are more like, I don't know, I kind of like pit the two against each other, but a lot of times it's both. Like you can have both in a major yeah, and absolutely. you know, in the field, yeah. they bring different skill sets. So like, I don't know, what do you guys think about I think that? that's true for yes. Certainly this major, I don't want to speak for other majors, but there are people who are extreme introverts who can sit in front of a computer screen all day and uh, uh, make sense of data. Um, there are others who are extroverts and who are very uh, capable at ferreting out information from a wide variety of sources and depending on other people getting cooperation from lots of other people to to figure things out. So my own view is that you could be either one and be equally successful as a geography major. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've kind of done things backwards as an introvert. Uh, I have a theoretical set of skills, um, which is really great being in the military they're paying for my school. Um, and one of the things that I had to do, going back to Glassdoor, they also tell you pay. They tell you like your worth. Uh, yeah, and that's also fantastic. <laughs> so the military is paying for me to go back to school to get a re-education. Mm -hmm. And that is an option. Like some people don't know that the military does like have programs that pay for school. Like once as you get out and like you serve your time. But I think it's an option if you can't afford school right now. So I know my dad was in the Navy and he did that. Like he couldn't afford his fourth year of school. So went to the Navy, got out, and then got his education again, and he did great. And but they just redid the GI Bill, which is great. It's going to be a uh, new upcoming thing for 2019. Um, and, but I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting um, because a lot of students like they they're kind of like are in the dark about it but definitely I mean like if you want to continue with it like that's cool too okay well um, I, I'm going under chapter 31 which is vocational rehabilitation um, I did have my Montgomery GI Bill uh, whose name is changed in this just the GI Bill um, so they, they just really announced that they were making some major changes to it um, where previously it had an expiration date at this point it really doesn't um, Going forward, they're going to allow people to uh, get an education instead of saying, hey, you owe you way too long to get your education. Now you can't. 
it, that sucks. It, that's a that's a thing in the past. That's how it used to be. Really? Um, so you have like the post nine one one bill, the this that and the other bill. Mm-hmm. It's just the GI Bill. Good. And, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'm doing the vocational rehabilitation because they pay me to go to college and they pay for my college. Wow. And I got a computer as well. So hey. It's really neat. So it depends on whatever your major is. In this particular case, because I'm doing GIS, I have a computer that's capable of doing the uh, the AutoCAD and the GIS stuff, mm-hmm. uh, whatever your needs are. Um, and then the other thing I, I, I have to mention, um, financial aid is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's very helpful. There's a lot of scholarships out there. Oh, my goodness, please. Like, I... Oh, I cannot stress enough how much, because I, I am a, a living, breathing example of how scholarship money has helped me get through school. Like, I'm going to graduate without any loans. That's and awesome. I think this is actually a conversation that you, you and I had, Dr. M, is like, we, you know, scholarships and financial aid are, they take loads and loads off of your shoulders just so that you can concentrate on school and doing different things. I know your son's going to college soon, or he's thinking about it, um, or even like he's getting to that age where, you know, thinking about it. You know, I had a couple of comments. You had talked, you had mentioned this whole idea of pay and so forth, uh, and, and and I know a lot of people are concerned about, okay, uh, college education, get a college education so I can earn a good living when I get out of school, and certainly in a general sense, data suggests that people with a college education, on average, are more likely to earn higher salaries than those who do not have a college education. But that said, I would urge people to think carefully about this, that that is on average. What any individual does with their education is going to determine what their income ceiling is really going to be. Mm -hmm. And so, as is the case with almost any other major, it may be possible to take as many easy classes as possible and meet the minimum standards for graduation and yes, you end up having a college degree. And you you know, even meeting minimum standards, if you were particularly aggressive after school in terms of seeking opportunity, then you can find it. But one of the things I would urge people to do, whether they're geography majors or others, is to try and explore as much as possible some of the less easy uh, aspects of that discipline because that provides you important preparation and important skills to be able to turn that into higher income later on in life. I would add one other thing. There's lots of people who think that when they graduate college, they're going to go out into the world and make a huge salary immediately. And there may be a handful of people who get to do that, who are fortunate enough to do that, but most mere mortals are (laughs) <laughs> going to have to going to have to put in the work like absolutely it's mm-hmm. going to take some time to be able to earn the kind of income that people really want mm-hmm. i think it also comes down to how hard are you willing to work you know there's some people like you said who have a burning passion for you know different majors that they're in and you know they go out and they put in the work they meet the people you know they they grind at it and you know they eventually get rewarded and you know sometimes like Success isn't even measured in how much money do you make because there are people who are very happy who make, you know, maybe like 40 grand a year and, you know, it's what they have to pay the bills, but then they can also have the freedom to go and do the different projects that they want or they can, you know, spend the time with their family and be really cool. And I mean, like, that's totally fine. So I think that what society tries to do about putting us in a box of, you know, like, okay, well, if you make X amount of money, you're successful. 
Success is very many different things, you know, not success just money. On whatever you want success to be. Exactly. Um, going back to the introvert extrovert thing, um, I kind of got on left field here with the whole financial aid thing, but uh, one of, one of the, the things that I was doing when I was working for that um, engineering company, I, I would actually get to go out by myself. So here's your, your, your whole introvert extrovert thing where I can go out and play in the woods. And by that, I mean, I was literally, it, it was a, a job where I recorded water absorption into the soil. Wow. How fun is that? Sit down for hours, literally <laughs> hours, yeah. with three rooms, one real big room, one medium room, and one small room, mm -hmm. pour water in one end, the other in the other, and watch it just absorb into the ground and time it. How? That's exciting. Oh my gosh. But, um, you know, it, it really, I'm... I'm being very sarcastic on it, but the, the point I'm getting at is is that there's a lot of different things out there. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of cases where I went to the Everglades, which was a blast, mm -hmm. working at the uh, Swinton Lake, as everybody called it, uh, <laughs> South Florida Water Management District. Um, you know, they're, they're a great bunch of people, and you get to do a lot of enjoyable things. Um, the, the schooling, the classes, um, wetland um, was a fantastic class for me. I really loved got to go out and go do that whole woods thing. And if that's not something for you, then that's fine. You can go back to the office and stay behind a computer desk doing GIS stuff. Mm -hmm. Or just compiling all the data that I got out in the field. And the GIS guys can do all that stuff. And by the way, for those who are wondering, GIS, Geographic Information System, it's basically computer software intended to take data, particularly data related to places, put it, organize it into map format. I didn't even know that. That's super cool. There you go. <laughs> it, it's a blast. Um, yeah. I'm actually, I just finished my final exam for it. And for me, I love my computers. I told you I did computers for a while. It was a fun toy. And that's exactly what I told the teacher. Mm -hmm. It was a great toy. <laughs> you, you can go out to um, a lot of different websites and find geographical data. What are some of those websites, if you don't mind me asking? Um, well, you've got the Florida Department of Environmental Protection. You've got, um, just wrote that again. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the Census. U.S. Census. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have uh, ESBE, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, <laughs> but they're a big GIS company. Right, and then uh, ArcGIS, which is the, the software itself. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's several different things out there for... Um, my wetland ecology class that I took, I actually created a map for them just because the teacher didn't have anything that was good enough to show wetland delineation. So um, I went out and found something on, uh, it's called the, the WWF, um, which is a, a wildlife foundation that helps out uh, Ramsar sites, things, uh, sites that are um, impacted and are under protection. Um, and they, they're going extinct, basically. Deforestation of uh, mangroves and stuff like that, but they're all just going away eventually. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to save these things. So you have this Ramsar community that says, "Hey, these things are protected now. You can't do anything with it." Um, you can go out to websites and, and down, find data like this, uh, or or hurricane strikes along a coast. You can record that on a map. Um, you can do uh, population density. One of the best examples that everybody sees every day, if they ever watch TV, is the views. 
You've got that weatherman who's out there saying, hey, we got a cold front coming in from here and it's going there. Mm -hmm. There you go. That map is GIS. That's how GIS driven. Oh, wow. So all of which is to say, geography as a major has a handful of different components. There's a field component where people are out in the field and they might either be in a natural environment collecting data about natural processes or they might be uh, uh, in an urban environment interviewing people or observing what's going on in the landscape. But there's also uh, uh, sort of an in-office component and so if you're technically oriented or detail-oriented and like playing with computers, I'd like to think that GIS and geographic information systems and making maps and organizing data is almost today what engineering was maybe in the 1960s. It is becoming very commonplace, very prominent, and for many people anyway, a reasonably good living. Right. Oh my gosh, so much good information. Like, this is, I love when stuff like this happens. <laughs> so I guess um, in, in closing now, kind of what do you guys think that the biggest piece of advice you have for students coming into geography or who are maybe curious about geography? Like what's one thing that you almost wish somebody told you like when you were coming into this major? This would be true of virtually any major, I think, and probably not unique to geography. But ask as many questions as you can. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I can second this. Yeah. There is no such thing as a bad question, or the only bad question is one that is never asked. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, exercise some curiosity. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, part of that can be exercised in bugging other people whether they are professors or geography majors, and ask them about that. Uh, but for crying out loud, investigate. I mean, the tools available are, are, are greater today than they ever have been. But exercise uh, some curiosity and ask questions about it. Yeah. My biggest thing coming onto campus wasn't really what major I wanted to do. Um, it, it, it was more about how do I go about doing what I needed to do. Um, you have your hard classes and you have your easy classes. Managing your schedule is really one of the hardest things. Getting that class that is really easy to offset the really hard class. Mm -hmm. uh, grade management is probably primarily the, one of the, the hardest things as well. For sure. Um, the major itself, there's so many different things uh, that you can do, whether you want to be inside or you want to be outdoor. If you're a camping type of person and like to go hiking, it's for you. If you want to sit behind a computer, it's still for you. Mm -hmm. It's today's society. I mean, we use it every day, and people just don't even think about it. Yeah, I 100% would agree. <laughs> Time management is really hard. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, so before we, uh, before we finish this episode, so we will go through the rapid-fire round. I'm just going to fire off some random questions, and both of you can answer it, like, probably not the same time, but, um, so are you guys ready? Yes. Yes, okay, all right. We'll start a little easy, then we'll pick it up a little bit. So, uh, favorite color? Green. Mm -hmm. Teal. Teal, okay, all right, favorite. Ooh, good choice. That's a good one. I like teal, too. Apparently, uh, the world's favorite color is, like, a tealish, like, aquamarine color, which is, uh, I found super fascinating. <laughs> um, all right, favorite utensil? Spoon. Spork. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Spoons and sporks. 
right. Annoy um, my wife no end with my need for spoons. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You were telling me how you just eat everything with a spoon. That's fantastic. That that takes dedication. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Favorite curse word. Crickets. Um, I damn in hell so many things that <laughs> perhaps it's a combination of those two. Uh, I really don't have a favorite curse word. I've used lots of them being in the military. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've got a sailor's reference for it, but. Um, So just say all of the above. Yeah, yeah, shit balls. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Least favorite plant. Poison ivy. Ooh. Air potatoes. What are those? It's an exotic invasive species that can start to crawl all over the place and smother out native vegetation. What? First thing that came to my head. I don't know if it's really oh my, my least favorite plant, but, but it's. I remember being out in the woods one time at some volunteer effort to try and yank this stuff off of the vegetation and put it in buckets and kind of like kudzu. Have it destroyed. Oh, wow. Very much like kudzu, yes. Wow. That, I, oof. Learning things every day. Like, <laughs> now I gotta go, like, scope everything out just be like, all right, is that an air potato? <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Final one. What is one of the best pieces of advice that you've received, like, throughout your life? Game of Thrones. Thrones. No. No. Oh my gosh! I, I was like, wait, that season though. <laughs> that season premiered though. <laughs> um, one one of the best pieces of advice you said. Yeah. Uh, plan. Mm. Like plan just everything or just. Well, yeah, we were just talking about time management plan. Uh, mm -hmm. Literally, what what classes you're taking and then offset them and make sure that. You go in knowing what it is that you want to do, even if you don't know what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the classes that you have, you plan them. I would say probably I've seen some of the the people who are better off who didn't know what they wanted to do when they went to college, as they took a variety of things their first semester mm -hmm. or their second semester even. But like taking those classes early on, like I know my sister, she's going into business. She's kind of like feeling that major out a little bit, but she took anthropology classes her first semester and she loved it. And so now she's minoring okay. that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So I think like just going for something that you normally wouldn't do. So, and then your piece of advice. I, I would say, uh, read, read as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And I tell that even to students in my class who sometimes, well, what do you want me to know for the exam? In other words, people want to have it all boiled down into just a couple of little digestible bits. At the end of the day, having some sense as to what, of, for what the world is about, whether you're exploring geography major, whether you're exploring something that really interests you, or something that confounds you and don't understand, the more you read, the more you'll understand about how the world works. What's a book recommendation? Hmm. From a Florida Studies perspective, and I'm also the director of Florida Studies program. Shameless plug. What a coincidence. <laughs> the entree into that, I would say, is Patrick Smith's A Land Remembered. Okay. We don't even use it in the Florida Studies program, but I, will, I cannot count for you the number of people who have read that book who developed an appreciation for the state, this state, Florida because it is set in Florida and it follows generations of people who were here since the Civil War up to the late 1960s. 
And so it tells the story of this family to the grandparents, the kids, their kids, and so forth. And it merges a lot of what we study in geography in the form of a novel. Hmm. And then, how well, about you? I, I, I point of interest first. Yes. Sinkholes. Everybody's been watching the news Ooh. and what's going on with those two houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geography majors are the ones that were having that sinkhole disaster. What, just like, what is this bit. noise? That's like <laughs> um, I was like, what in the world? The, here's a book for a recommendation that really has nothing to do with geography, but life in general. Mm-hmm. Who stole my cheese? Who stole my cheese? Yes. Who is that by? Um, I don't recall the author because I read it a millennia ago. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll probably be in the description. So the, the, the gist it. of it is, is you have the people that hem and haw around, mm-hmm. which happens to be the name of these two guys, hem and haw. And the the purpose of the book is people that don't like change. Well, change is everything. Mm -hmm. Change is going to happen. And what you have to understand is is that you're going to have to change anyway. So you can hem and haw around all you want, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to go to the other spot and do what you need to do, whether you like this favorite program or you like this favorite book or you like this favorite thing, and you don't want it to change because you like it the way it is. I'm sorry, that's not how it is anymore. Right, you gotta change before you have to. And it's usually less painful that way too, so. <laughs> oh man, cool. Well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate all the valuable information and I'm sure the listeners do too. So any uh, any closing thoughts? Any like, like piece of life advice? Uh, nah. Pursue what you're interested in regardless of your major. Of course, I wish everybody would be a geography major. That'd be wonderful. (laughs) But at the end of the day, major in something that that you can at least be interested in in most of the classes anyway. There's always some classes in any major uh, folks don't like. But major in something that you're interested in. Funny story, and I may have shared the this with you the other day, visited uh, my cousin years ago in Washington, D.C., met her husband for the first time, and so making small talk, oh, where do you work? And he says he works for a bank, and I says, oh, I guess you have a business degree. And he says, no, I don't have a business degree. He says, my undergraduate major is political science. He says, my bank won't hire anybody with a business degree. Shut up. They want people with a variety of different right. ideas and backgrounds. No, wait, is this like totally yeah. common like out well, in the Well, that's workplace? very true. It's, um, I will say that it's not necessarily common, but it's not so uncommon that it's unheard of. Wow. Um, and it, it's, it's a very true statement because they want people to have, well, that veritability. They want people to have a wide range of education. It, which is which is why one of the things that you have to take uh, as an exit course here, you have to take literary arts. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's uh, for me, I took uh, Great Britain and the Great War. Phenomenal class. And I already like history as it is, mm-hmm. but the things that you get to learn about have such an impact on today's civilization. It's not funny when you understand why things are way the way that they are. How the War One started, how it got into World War Two, and even how it is in the war that we have today. Wow! It just—it's all one big trickle line. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, knowing a lot of things, um, it, it, master of none, jack of all trades, right? Mm-hmm. Master of none—that's what you need to be. I mean, you can always 
find your Latin master, your, your area later on. Mm -hmm. But if you know a lot of different things, that, that, that makes you more valuable than just a person that may go out of place on lunch. Yeah, you're casting your nets wide. Yeah. So that works. Cool. Well, again, thank you so much, guys. This no, was thank a great you. episode. Fun, yeah. You're welcome. I'm so glad. I, you know, I like that people enjoy this. You know, it's it's great for me as a you know a passion project to see it just spread and grow and have people enjoy it. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that is episode four of Geography. So, as always, check out the website. Check out you know, um, we do have the extended version of this on uh, linked in the website. So, thank you guys again so much, and then we will see you on the next episode. All right, guys, welcome to episode four of What's My Major podcast. My name is Rachel Clemenson, and today I have two super cool individuals today for the geography episode. Uh, first of all, we have Dr. Chris Meindl. I got it? Yes, nailed it. Um, so he is a professor here at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg. Um, I actually had him in one of his geography classes a couple years ago. Um, fun fact, I always thought that your voice sounded like the inconceivable guy from Princess Bride, and I loved it. I, like, I, I wanted you to say inconceivable once, and it was just like, it would have made my, my year, my college years here. So maybe throw that in for all the other Princess Bride fans that you'll probably come across. Fair <laughs> <So>. enough. <laughs> anyway, so um, super cool, and uh, he actually has four degrees, which was completely mind-blowing to me. Um, he has a BA in social science, uh, and hopefully I get this right, a master's in history from San Diego State, uh, geography master's from the University of North Dakota, and also a PhD in geography from the University of Florida. That's right. That's amazing. Like, how long did it take you to get all those degrees? Uh, if you add it up all of the time, I don't know. I mean, talk about professional student. Some of it was taken well, part-time and so forth, but it was about 10 or... 10 or 11 years, something like that. But, you know, in between, I did other things, like right. teach high school economics. and. So oh, that's forth. right. Yeah, you did have a minor in economics, yes, too. Yes, I minored in economics and ended up teaching uh, high school economics for a time. So that's great. at the end of the day, uh, it is truly a labor of love. Love learning, and so it wasn't one of those things where I looked off into the distance and said, well, I'm going to spend 10 or 12 years in school. It just turned out that way. That's cool. Well, you know, college is all about learning how to learn, and I think that lifelong learning is a, is a new thing. What in the world? Construction. <laughs> anyway, so now we also have uh, Bill O'Connor here. If this, if this will stop, I'll give you a minute. Are you done? I guess they're not. Okay. Anyway, so we have Bill O'Connor here. Um, he's a student getting a geography degree here at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg. Um, and he actually has an AA and a technical certification in both computer technology and broadband technology. Advanced broadband technology. Advanced broadband technology. So, like, also, you're a jack of all trades. I've heard that you're a registered clergyman to marry your friends. Yes, yeah. I've, I've, I've conducted five weddings. Uh, my most recent one uh, this past April. Wow. So that, that was a lot of fun. Um, a, lot, a lot of fun things. Yeah. Veritability of people. So like, what, what else did you do? Like, I know you're also military, so thank you for your, your service. What, what branch did you serve in? I served in the Marine Corps. Wow. That is no easy feat. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. So how long were you in the military? Um, I was in just under four years. Uh, I got out when I, disabled, uh, I was disabled through the military. Mm -hmm. um, so I did have disability serving there. Um, so I flipped both my legs and crashed the arches of my feet. No. Oh my gosh. Um, military and Marine Corps wow. in general um, is huge fans of going on um, hikes. They call them humps. 
And uh, for all of those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically a 25 mile, one mile short of a marathon, mind you, um, forced march. No way. So we would do that at least once a month. So okay. those of you that think that you can't do a marathon, you can, you can, you can walk the 26 miles. There's a whole history behind that in the Romans, too. Which, mm -hmm. you know, the Romans would force march 40 miles in a day and they would stop. But uh, anyway, so yeah, um, I, I've got a, a huge background in computer technologies. Um, really enjoyed it, but uh, uh, I, I found that I have a passion uh, working in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. That's, oh my gosh. And geography is perfect because you're in the outdoors, you're learning about new things, and Oh, man, I'm so excited to launch into this episode. This is going to be great. So, um, yeah, I guess we just cut that here. <laughs>